You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Choir podcast. The band is back together. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner. After a week off for myself in hot and sweaty Disney down in Orlando, Joey, it's good to be back. We, we got a lot to talk about. I know it's kind of a slower time of year, which, you know, sometimes might drive us insane because we want content. We, we, we love this job and we want to give people the content, but it is nice to slow down a little bit, but there are some happenings going on. There are. It's, it's like big picture stuff, right? You, you picked a good week to walk a thousand miles around Disney World. Which... I would walk 500. Uh, do you think, how many do you think total all week? Uh, I actually, I can look at my email, Joey. Um, last week, because I got, got like Fitbit emailing you. I got the Fitbit here and they oh, get good the Lord. progress report. I took 33,000 more steps than usual last week. I, in total, 47 miles I walked. Oh, God, <laughs> what a nightmare. That's 1,500 steps. And most of it, Joey, was in 95 degree, 90% humidity. Um, but it was good. A lot of memories made. Uh, the kids love swimming. They like being in the pool most of the time, even more so than Disney and the expensive tickets it is there. But it was a good time, man. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm glad to be back. I've, I've never been so glad to come home to 60-degree weather the few couple weeks we actually get this kind of weather. Yeah, I, uh, I was home the last two weekends. And the first weekend, my buddy, who's got the pool, I, I said my, he's my best friend, but really it's just a pool is why we go there. It was, it was getting the, the lining in it. Uh, the, the first weekend I was there, and we said, oh, next weekend it'll be open. Well, 60 degrees. It's miserable. I mean, obviously didn't get in. I, I can't figure it out. No, this is my time to shine with my my ginger skin and 50 to 70. That's exactly my kind of wheelhouse. But Joey, let's hit on, on a lot of topics that have happened uh, over the last week. Some of these are rules uh, with the NCAA that and NIL in the state that I think are really interesting and really important uh, for fans of, of Illinois to, to understand and for us to talk about a little bit the impact. We get two commitments for Illinois football, one uh, commitment to a different Big Ten rival uh, that certainly hurts Illinois. But I think everyone's kind of on pins and needles to see what Illinois basketball does in the transfer portal. And there's no news there yet, right? Except that Matthew Meyer, the Baylor transfer, is coming back to college. North Carolina has a lot of buzz there. The, the fit makes sense after what Brady Manick did there. And Pete Nance is still going through the draft process, seemed to have a pretty good G League uh, you know, elite camp there, really good shooter. I can see him fitting in the NBA pretty well. So we're just kind of sitting here waiting to see what happens. Uh, but Illinois seems to be patient throughout this that, hey, we're going to go for these really, really good players and Nance and Meyer, guys who have NBA aspirations, rather than just taking a body, right? Um, and taking somebody who can, who can play to 12, 15 minutes. But at some point, you wonder if, if Meyer and Nance are both off the board, what the options are for Illinois. Yeah, that's kind of the big gamble you have when you play chess at the at the adult table right i mean it's you're trying to you know maintain in this upper level of college basketball and, and with that requires patience and it requires probably a plan b and a plan c and 
I don't know that coaches are exactly eager to share plan B and C because plan A is what you want. Uh, but you would think they have contingency plans. Uh, otherwise, that's tough. I, I mean, it just, you have to. And we also have to acknowledge, Jeremy, there's going to be a wave of people here in the next week pulling out of the NBA draft. I mean, you started to see it happen now, but it's got to happen by June 1st. There's just too many humans, not enough draft picks. You're going to see a wave come out. We've heard, you know, obviously Nance and, and Meyer make the sense. Uh, you would have to think they've got other pieces in play that they, they're ready to move on or ready to push on, try to do something because it, as much as you want to put your eggs in one basket, you do have to be aware that that might not fill up. Yeah, listen, Joey, I'll, I'll say in my opinion, I, I think it makes sense to go and be patient and go for these top mm -hmm. options. I think that's where Illinois basketball is as a program. It's not about just making an NCAA tournament now. It's about you know, winning Big Ten championships. It's about getting to the second weekend, which obviously they haven't since 2005. And, and these are the kind of players that can push you into that level. And let's be honest, like some of these, it'll be interesting to see if some of these NBA draft names enter the portal and then get immediate eligibility. Um, you know, guys that aren't in the portal by now are supposed to sit out a year, but Brad Underwood and other coaches have, have questioned whether that'll be the case or whether the NCAA will give those guys waivers just because that June 1st deadline to, to get out of the draft and the May 1st deadline to get into the portal don't line up. So uh, maybe the NCAA makes an exception for those guys, but I, I still think you can find a body, right? Uh, a guy who can give you 10 to 15 minutes, maybe. I thought that guy could have been Benjamin Bossman's Redonk. And it, I think his recruitment, maybe him going at a higher level and having interest from a higher level of programs shows you what the market is like for post players and front court players. I don't think it was a particularly strong one this year when it comes to the portal and, and front court options, but Illinois has decided to go all out after the Nance Meyer kind of guys. And, and I don't blame them for that because those are guys that can completely change things for you. If you don't land one of those guys, you're not going to land somebody uh, as, as impactful, but you can add somebody to add to your rotation. I think Joey, what would happen if they don't get Nance or Meyer is Luke Goody's going to play a bigger role. Ty Rogers is going to play a bigger role. And this team's going to play a lot smaller. Like Coleman Hawkins and Dane Danger are probably going to be your primary fives. And you're going to be at a disadvantage against Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady. Not that you wouldn't if you had in Meyer and Nance, but you're going to be at a disadvantage there. And you got to find a way to make up for it in other ways. And mostly that would be on the wing and in the backcourt. Yeah, I I still don't know how comfortable I would be going in with the the five rotation as it is right now. And, and that's not an, you know, we, we don't know what Dane Danger looks like as a college basketball player, Coleman Hawkins can do it. And I've long championed him at the five, but I think you want to have as many more options and maybe, uh, you know, just depth. You've got to have depth there. And right now that lacks and, you know, yeah, that can be solved in the portal. And if you don't get one of the two guys, we don't know how that's going to shake out. The thing about transfers, Jeremy, they don't care about retweets. They don't care about likes. They don't care about all of this. They probably, especially when they've been, you know, all in quote unquote on the NBA draft, you, you don't want to give the impression that you're not all in on that. So you're not going to go and, and do this, that, and the other. So it's, it's quieter. It's much quieter on how that shakes out and it's a timely process. But if I do think you need another big man somewhere down the line and whether that's a high impact, a guy like a Nance, or it's a guy who can back up a Dane Danger, who can 
you know, give Coleman Hawkins more minutes at the four. I mean, I think that's your equation, but I, I just, it's hard for me to think you don't need another body there. Yeah. Um, see if they can find one because would you rather recruiting right now, but would you rather add a six foot eight guy that can give you 15 minutes or just a big body who you don't know if he's going to make an impact. I'd probably go with the four and be undersized, you know, at the five and, and deal with that and play like Houston did, right? Like Houston found a way to, 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 you know, Kofi Coburn got his, but to nullify everybody else. So I, I do think Brad Underwood's kind of playing with that is, yeah, we might not match up well individually one-on-one against Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady, but most teams don't. But you know what? Michigan and Purdue didn't make the final four last year because other teams can give them matchup issues elsewhere. And I think that's kind of what Illinois is looking for. So it'll be interesting. They still got a couple scholarships left here. I, I would imagine they do want to fill one, Joey. Uh, but yeah, as you said, until Nance and Meyer kind of make these decisions, um, I, I don't think they're going to they're gonna be pushing for another name unless they're told they're out. Yeah, and to your point about matching up against Edie and Dickinson, you only have to do that probably six times a year max, right? If you get two each in the regular season and, and maybe you see the Big Ten tournament, you probably run your wrists there, right? You probably say, okay, well, you only got to see them maybe this many times. Do you want to craft your roster to seeing two guys like that? And certainly there are more traditional post players, but you can also look and see that you can get it done. That Houston film's probably been playing quite a bit around the coach, not because I'm sure because they're frustrated that it ended and how it ended, but I, I think there's a lot of, could we do that next year ability on that Houston team? And, and you probably want to see how they go about doing those things. Yeah, and it's just not Houston, right? Like Villanova was really yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's so many teams that just had that kind of versatility uh, that I think Illinois is certainly looking for. All right, Joey, Illinois football gets a few commitments on the board. Let's start first with the transfer, a guy who can make an immediate impact. And Illinois is counting on to make an immediate impact. They finally address wide receiver via the transfer portal, and it's Jonah Morris. Uh, a familiar name if, you, if you've followed recruiting for a while because seven years ago, I think, or six years ago, he signed with Indiana, uh, but he ends up going to Akron, his hometown, has a solid season there, but then transfers to Northern Colorado. And now he's transferring to Illinois for his Tommy Boy season, his seventh season in college football. Uh, Joey, you talked with Jonah Morris. He's a big guy, 6'4", 200 pounds, physical, athletic, maybe not straight line fastest, but Hasn't had been all that healthy and, you know, he's had some family issues crop up that have kind of, you know, sidetracked his career at times. But what do you think of the addition of Jonah Morris? I understand if you look at his college production on paper and say, how much do you put into this? How much can you rely on him? Because it's just outside of the 2018 season at Akron, it's really not been there uh, to the level that you would, you would hope if you're looking at a, a true outside guy who's going to make an impact. Uh, but he, he's a, he's what they don't have in terms of skill wise. We, you know, we don't know how it's all going to shake out on the field, but he is a big guy. Uh, you saw, I mean, that matters. You, you don't really have that. I would still argue you don't really have a proven go up and get it receiver because he's not exactly proven. But to you know, a little background on his his path here: committed to Indiana, took a red shirt his true freshman year. He played primarily on special teams as a redshirt freshman. His uncle was diagnosed and has since beaten cancer. It was important for him to move closer to home. He said he had options coming out of Indiana. Akron made sense. It was in his hometown. He really got to be there. That was really important for him to be around his family. 
uh, plays a pretty good 2018 season. I mean, in terms of you, you could start to see it. If you're looking at a redshirt sophomore, you can start to see what he's puts together first day or first week, I should say, of training camp 2019 tears his ACL. He's out for the season. Remember, there was a coach, the Illinois hosted Akron that year, coaching change coming in. He stayed at, Indi uh, stayed at Akron, excuse me, to rehab this. Uh, ultimately sat out the 2020 season. Akron played six games. He, he wanted to continue to rehab his knee, enters the portal, goes to Northern Colorado. I uh, really like, uh, I think Ed McCaffrey is their head coach there, really like kind of his background, understandably so. He, he does think, you know, Northern Colorado is kind of on the up, but it takes time. Jonah Morris doesn't have time in college. So he enters the portal again, ends up at Illinois. That's, I don't know what all that means, but, but that's kind of, it's not like he just fizzled here and fizzled there. There's a reason, and uh, that's why we talk to these guys, is to understand the reason behind all of this. And if it works, it works. And you're, it's kind of his um, commitment is kind of embodies maybe the how Illinois is approaching this transfer market. I have no idea if it's going to work. It's not a fun answer. I have no earthly idea. If you're telling me you do outside of the Smith Center, I'm probably going to say I don't believe you. But it's it's a gamble, but it may, maybe it works. Yeah, if you want optimism, he's a former top 400 prospect that mm -hmm. seemed to be on the up at Akron. He had a really good first season at Akron. I think 26 catches, 380 yards, a couple touchdowns. And it seemed like he was going to be a focal point of that offense. And all of a sudden the injury happens and COVID happens. And then he transfers and wasn't in a very good program. Ed McCaffrey, I can understand why a wide receiver would want to go play for a former great wide receiver in the mm -hmm. NFL uh, from the Denver Broncos days, won a couple of Super Bowls. Uh, but that just wasn't a team that, you know, he could succeed with. So it's interesting. He comes here. I, I do think Brett Bielema cares about a player's story. I, I think we've seen that with some guys like I, I think Tommy DeVito's confidence and swagger really, really resonates him. Um, Archer Sikowski, the way he goes about his business. I think that kind of resonates with Brett Bielema. But then you see a guy like Terrell Jennings, the cornerback they're bringing in, who's never played at the FBS level, Joey, but he has a reason, you know, he didn't, he was a lacrosse player was going to play lacrosse in college. Then all of a sudden he decides I, I want to play football, but it was too late in the process. He goes Juco. Then he goes FCS level. Brett Bielma seems to like those. It's that whole tough, smart, dependable, and I think the hungry aspect of it. Now, he did that last year in the class, and it didn't work out all that well with the transfers. They didn't make as big of an impact as Illinois probably hoped. So I don't know if this class will make an impact. 24-7 just released their transfer portal rankings. They have a top 247. Illinois doesn't have any of those guys, right? So the headline grabbers, the guys Nebraska is getting right now, Illinois doesn't have any of those guys, but um, you know, Brett Bielma seems to think they have something that Illinois needs. And, and my whole thing is I'll wait and see. I, I don't know if it's going to work out. I can't yeah. think it's not. I, I think you'd rather get guys that a bunch of other power five programs are getting, but right now this is where Illinois is going, but they need this class to make a bigger impact than last year. They need to do defensive linemen to elevate the group because losing Rod Perry hurts, right? So you need, Tira Edwards, you need Rashawn Wilkins to make an impact. And I think those are really two solid gets. You need Tommy DeVito to be better than Brandon Peters was, more consistent than Brandon Peters was. And now you need Jonah Morris to really help you at a position where you don't have enough talent, you don't have enough maturity or physicality. You need him, Brian Hightower, to play pretty well. Otherwise, you're counting on 
Patrick Bryant, Sean Miller, two guys I think are talented enough to make an impact, but just haven't done it. They're really young at the Big Ten level. You know, Hank Beatty's going to be in the mix, I would imagine. So you need somebody to help Isaiah Williams. So it's going to be interesting in four or five months, Joey, to look back and be like, oh, they they can evaluate, right? They they can evaluate these transfers or, man, they, they, they shot too low or they weren't able to get to higher impact guys. Yeah, it feels like you, you could almost, I'm not saying this happens, but you can almost envision them watching the film as a coaching staff and say, okay, so-and-so is a, this away from being a really impactful player. And we believe we can get him to do that, to take him to that level. If they believe in themselves as coaches. They should. They're, they've got a track record of success. They believe that they can, this is my read of it at least, is they believe that they can make that development. Brett said they're a developmental program. Now that in our minds comes back to like, okay, high school, you develop, you know, go through the whole thing. And then by year two or whatever the case may be, every timeline's different, but it's, it's interesting when you look at transfers who have one year in the case of Jonah Morris, who have, you know, the, the time is just not there. Tommy DeVito, the time is just not there. And they must believe that they can get them to that level, but you're right. You need a, you need a deeper impact last year. If you want to look at transfers, the, the biggest impact was Jack Bedovinak, who, if you want to go back to stories, kind of an undersized guy, went to Colgate, played pretty well, comes up, makes the adjustment. Art Stokowski, I, you needed him. Right? You ended up needing the guy. And he was a fine backup quarterback. He just, you know, with the injury, apparently, um, wasn't good enough to be the, the, the impactful starter that, that you needed. We'll see if he gets healthy, if he can push Tommy DeVito, but that was a solid addition, right? Yeah. I, CJ I thought, Hart looks good. Yeah. CJ Hart looked good. The three quarters we saw. Him, right? That's the caveat there. But if you, otherwise it's just, wasn't the most impactful class. Jafar Armstrong one year, you know, Abe Simpson to that, right. Walked in walked out. It was what not walked out, but he was only here for a year. I mean, it's, you didn't Eddie get the Smith. impact out of it. Eddie Smith Eddie was like Smith, probably the biggest name one, right? Along with Jafar. Prather Hudson had his role on special teams. And I don't know what the expectation realistically, uh, I remember like a year ago trying to figure out what this was going to be, but it just wasn't the most impactful class. You need that where your roster is more than anything. You need people who have done it, who have been in this position before, because you're, you're kind of rapidly losing those guys to the eligibility thing. You're going to lose another slew of them next year. So I don't know, Jeremy, I mean, I understand maybe not everyone is going to buy into this plan, I get it. I, I understand the wanting to get the names, the proven, the the battles for those. It's not where it is right now, and and it might still work. We're, no one's sitting here saying, "Now, nope, sorry, not it." You should, we got to see it. Yeah, and the other thing I want to mention is, you know, Nebraska wholesaled this transfer thing because they have to, right? They have 15 transfers committed, but and they doesn't to, always work. Yeah, they have to win. Like Illinois did that with Lovey Smith, obviously, and it. Yeah. It worked for a little bit for a month there, uh, but didn't work long-term for them. Um, but Illinois didn't decide to go get 10 transfers, at least as of yet, right? They decided so far to get six. Um, and they decided to sign 22 high school kids, two JUCO kids to help build up the, the line as well. But um, just a, another interesting note, I, I can, I'm not telling Illinois fans to be super excited about this transfer class. I, I got some skepticism of, of how big of an impact – they will make, but the staff clearly is confident in, in their evaluation skills and in the fit. Uh, they, they seem to really care about the, the caliber of transfer, the, the makeup of the transfer. 
um, and, and to make sure that those guys aren't going to disrupt or, or be a detriment to the program, even if they are talented. So I guess, Joey, I'm just going to say I'm, I'm interested to watch it. I'm interested to see if these guys exceed our expectations because on paper, the, the transfer class, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Um, well, let's see. Yeah, and look, you can know, play you know, good news. Let's say a couple of these guys do pan out in a, in a meaningful way. Well, now you can go in the portal next year and say, okay, we had this guy who did exit, you know, this school and wasn't really, you know, getting looked at and we got him here. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a couple, you know, part of the best case scenario. I guess the other best part is they produce, you know, you know, it would make this a successful transfer class. If Tommy DeVito plays well, right. I mean, if, if Tommy DeVito Period. plays Period. well, this is, this is an A class because that's what they need this upcoming year. Cause you feel the defense should be solid, right? I don't know if it's going to have last year's numbers, but with Ryan Walters, with some of the talent they have back and some of the talent uh, we know they can develop because Lovey Smith did leave some talent on defense with Seth Coleman, Keith Randolph, um, you know, Johnny, Johnny Newton, things like that. Devin Witherspoon. I, I think, Barnes. yeah, Sidney Brown, like we can go on and on. Like there's some talent that Lovey Smith left on defense, but there wasn't on, on offense, whether it's the offensive line with all those guys, fifth year seniors gone, uh, quarterback, obviously wide receiver outside of Isaiah Williams clearly has, has been a weakness. So if Tommy DeVito and Barry Loney can combine to have a solid season and, and put together a solid offense, this transfer class is going to be an A because if, if they get good, if they get good to solid quarterback play, I think they will be a bowl team. Yeah, I agree with that. And you can say that about almost any transfer class that brings in a quarterback. If the quarterback plays well, you're probably going to be in good shape unless you're trotting out the Illinois defense of three or four years ago. Where it didn't matter how many Sorry, points <laughs> it didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter how many points AJ Bush and Reggie Corbin put up, and it was a lot, by the way. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. So yeah, that's it's a really good call, Jeremy. If if Tommy DeVito plays well, and you just maybe one other guy is a you know a rotational piece, whether that's a T. Rod Edwards or a Sean Wilkins or you know Jonah Morris, you know Terrell Jennings, Dylan Davis. I don't really know how that's all going to look. He's a guy that you know. I don't remember something was going on where we were all kind of separate. I don't know how much we've gotten into him, Jerry, yeah. but uh Dylan Davis is a kid who had power five offers uh out of you know the same high school as as the Brown brothers, Chase and Sidney Brown. And uh, he decided to go to Furman because he didn't feel like a big school like would do well for him. Like he he just thought at his stage in life, he was kind of doubting himself as a little bit as a football player, thought he could eventually play at that level. Uh, but a after playing a, a power five team last year, he played, thought he did okay. And that he could compete at that level. So he entered the transfer portal, uh, wanted to play center rather than tackle. He played tackle at, at Furman thought he needed to play interior to, to reach his potential and potentially, you know, make it to the next level. But he's a guy who started two games at, at the FCS level. So um, is, is he going to be a guy to make an immediate impact? I think he'll give you depth at center. I think he'll give you competition at center. He's a guy with what, three years of eligibility. So um, more long-term probably guy there, but again, another interesting story, interesting evaluation. Cause I think Joey Illinois could have found, you know, a power five transfer to, to, to start at center right away, but they liked enough of what they saw from Alex Pilstrom that they thought, Hey, now we can just add maybe a long-term piece that we can develop again, that word develop um, and, and give us maybe more of a long-term impact. Yeah, and Jordan Slaughter would offer you some, you know, ability there. We think Josh Cruz, Joey Oakley is coming in. Uh, talking about center is that's a. Am I good at these transitions? That's kind of a nice transition 
to TJ McMillan, the recruit they got out of Wheaton St. Francis, three-star offensive lineman. He's the third member of the class of 2023. And Illinois did, a, I think, a really good job of, of keeping a relationship, offering when it felt right for probably everybody, and closing that thing down because TJ McMillan had some offers. And when you talk about an offer list, look at like recency is, is something to pay attention to. Follow the offers, follow the visits. People were starting to come at this guy, and Illinois did a good job of getting in there, locking it down, and adding a probably a true center to what they're going to do long term. Yeah, Illinois offered TJ McMillan on May 13th, 2022. I saw him at the North Central camp back at last June. And, you know, soon after that, uh, he was receiving offers from Missouri, TCU. Previously, he had gotten offers from Texas Tech, Penn State, Arizona State, Syracuse, right? So, like, he was getting big-time offers. Then Purdue offered earlier this month. Kansas State, Ole Miss offered earlier this month. But Illinois had been recruiting him. Um, they, they had been developing a relationship with him and then they offered him on May 13th. They're thinking, boy, that's late because one thing this staff has done extremely well, Joey is get in early on guys, Caden Fagan. It was really important to get in early. I think Malik Elzey, Jair Hill, some of the top 10 guys are going in on, you know, but some guys have gotten in a little later. Damon Walters, a top 10 prospect, a safety out of Bolingbrook, uh, now TJ McMillan, uh, but they developed a strong enough relationship. And I think McMillan, uh, didn't care about that stuff. He, he didn't care about posting an Illinois offer last year, as opposed to this year, he cared about the fit. And, and he saw with Brett Bielema and Bart Miller guys who have developed a lot of centers who have gone on the, the NFL, Travis Frederick being one of those uh, with Bielema, it's Frank Ragnow, right? Travis Swanson, <laughs> a lot of NFL draft picks. And now Doug Kramer, who I thought had uh, an even better year. I mean, he did well under Lovey Smith and all the coaches there, but uh, I thought he had a great year this past year and he's an NFL draft pick, even though, you know, a little undersized as we always like to say, TJ McMillan um, is sees that and uh, sees a really good fit in state and they close. So a heck of a job for Illinois. I think this is a heck of a recruiting win. Um, top 20 in-state prospect. I think it was a feel good one after missing out on a guy you felt good about and Roderick Pierce and him committing to Wisconsin. I think this is a big time recruiting win and the exact kind of guy you want to get in state to build that offensive line. Cause this is the guy who's left the state. This is the guy who's gone to Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin to go play for those good programs. Vilma has got an offensive line identity and you add a player like this, who's a son of a coach, uh, Bob McMillan, arena football league player, arena football league coach. Uh, I think he won some arena football league championships. Now he's his coach at St. Francis and Wheaton. So, um, you know, he's going to play with intensity. He's extremely quick. I think you got a really good thing on the interior with Josh Kruitz, TJ McMillan, Dylan Davis, Joey Okla, Clayton Leonard. Like there, there's some, some really good options where I think you're going to have, you know, some long-term starters there and, and also potentially some team captains. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. First, if there, are there royalties Frank Ragnow can get for every interior offensive lineman that Brett Bielema gets? That's a name that comes up a lot. Uh, Bielema is smart on social media, making sure it's it's known on his Twitter timeline that he coached Frank Ragnow and the opportunity presents itself. But yeah, man, th this is a guy who gets out, who, who has gotten out time and time again. And it, I, I think when the recruiting process, everyone, us included at times, and there's reason to think this, it's not always be first for the sake of being first. That doesn't, you got to read what matters to the kids. And some kids that certainly does matter. Like to be the ones who gave them 
Like I get it. That certainly matters. Yeah. But I will say like, it's always better for a program like Illinois to get in early. Usually. Yeah. Usually it is yeah. Point with McMillan is Illinois was kind of in early on him. It's not like they just realized who this kid was May 13th. Right. Obviously they had seen it and we've talked about, and I know you've talked to Jeremy, uh, guys who, who have said, Oh yeah, we've been talking for a while and they just offered and, and that doesn't always work. And maybe in fact, more times than not, it doesn't always, it doesn't work to not be out in front like that. But I think there, there is a process. I mean, I, I just think we've got to kind of get over sometimes. Uh, okay. They offered May 13th. When did you know about this guy kind of deal? Because they've, they've been doing their homework on some of this. And part of their job is to read the pressure points of a recruitment. And they, they must have read TJ McMillan's correctly enough to understand what worked, what didn't. That's a big win. I mean, it's, yeah, I know we talked yesterday, Jeremy. Um, it was, this, that's kind of the biggest offensive line recruiting win, we think, of this staff. Yeah, uh, that's, you fought off some Power Five offers, closed it down early. You know, didn't, he was blowing up, you know, it, it, relatively speaking, but didn't really ever let him fully blow up uh there probably would have been more offers i think we'd be foolish to say there wasn't going to be so that, that was a a good job getting in there closing it down and you're continuing this makeover on the offensive line and i know we talked there's five there are five freshmen incoming freshmen this summer in the class of 22 on the offensive line there are five combined from the classes of 2018, 19, 20, and 21 still on the roster. You got to make it over. And by that, you got to get bodies. You got to get some good recruiting wins. And this is another one in that. This is now six prep offensive linemen in the last two classes. We don't expect that to be done. You're starting to see Brett realizes this is kind of his calling and hitting on it. I also think it's good to have a guy from Chicagoland as you get ready to host all these official visitors. I think that's a really good thing to have because you got Caden Fagan, more of a quiet reserve guy, but a big time name, headline get, four star kid, you know, in the center of the state. You got Antoine Hayden, who's from St. Louis, plays at East St. Louis. So you got him that can help recruit those kids. And then all of a sudden, you got a kid in Chicago land that's on board. We think there's going to be some more from that area. You know, Pat Farrell is one that I think they're sitting really in uh, well from uh, St. Rita, edge rusher. Uh, so we'll see if they can close on him. But I think that's a good thing to have more of these guys. And it'll be interesting to see uh, if they can have more before those June visits really, really start. So uh, it's a very important month coming up. And I think you feel better uh, because I think Roderick Pierce, man, that's a tough loss. That was a really tough loss. And I, I don't know if there's anything Illinois could have done about it because they recruited Roderick Pierce extremely well. I don't know if there's you know, a thing I would say that, oh, you have to do other than close. They weren't able to close on him because Wisconsin came in with an offer. Ross Colleges, their defensive line coach, did a fantastic job. And they're a winning program with a great history of defense, one that Brett Bielma helped build and, and build upon after Barry Alvarez. And, uh, you know, they've done extremely well. They're Illinois battling uh, Wisconsin for Jamel Howard as well, a kid out of uh, Chicago, it's a really good defensive lineman. So you know, Terrence Jameson and this Illinois staff need to land defensive linemen. I do think they'll get a couple, um, you know, coming up here, but Roderick Pierce is a kid they had on campus five, six times. It felt like, and I thought they had a chance to close in the spring. They were unable to do so. And then Wisconsin swoops in and, and gets them. So I, I think getting McMillan makes you feel better about that because Pierce was, was a tough loss at a position of knee, but I think three top 20 in-state kids, continues to show joey that they're they're battling that's tough man 
that, that's tough. And Jim Leonard's pretty, pretty awesome. good at his job. He is. Yeah. I, how many letters of recommendation do you think you could get Big Ten coaching staffs to send to whatever team wants to hire this guy? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Well, the Packers tried, man. Your Packers tried, and they couldn't do it. I know. I know. Uh, you would think every coach in the Big Ten would say, please. Yeah, well, great. every glowing endorsement to get him out of their way, right? Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. All right, Joe, before we wrap up, let's talk about two big rule changes that have a significant impact on college sports. And the first one I want to bring up is uh, the NIL uh, amendment for the Illinois, the state of Illinois. Uh, I just got off the phone not too long ago, Cam Cox is basically the NIL coordinator at Illinois and talked about this. And Illinois certainly had input uh, on this new legislation or basically the amended legislation that allows, this is the headline, right? It allows these schools uh, in the state to now facilitate uh, NIL deals. So if a if student athlete comes to uh, Illinois and says, hey, I would love to do an NIL deal or uh, a company comes to the school and says, hey, we'd like to approach a student athlete or who do you think would be a good idea? Prior to this, Joey, Illinois basically had to say, uh, we can't help you, right? Like they had to like pre- basically plead ignorance and say, hey, we can't be involved because it was a state law. Meanwhile, there are other states where it's allowed, right? Like where you can facilitate deals and basically be the go-between. I don't think this changes a lot for the, the Kofi Coburns, Trent Frazier's of the world. Um, you know, if these guys are, were able to do it, uh, they're able to do it in their home uh, country, but Chase, Sidney Brown, Isaiah Williams, whoever it is, um, those guys probably have agents, right? And, and most of those guys could have agents because agents are interested in getting in on Kofi Coburn and Trent Frazier's money, right? Like getting a cut of that. But for the softball players, baseball player, golfer, whatever it is, uh, this certainly could, could make an impact, but it also just makes the process easier. Uh, it allows Illinois to give their input of telling a student athlete whether they think it's a good idea or not yeah. to do this. So this makes all the sense in the world. There are so many states, especially in the South, that are now passing this. And, and talking with Cam Cox, he said, you know, it actually was a detriment to us because we were following what the NCAA rule was going to be, which is we cannot facilitate these deals. So us who are being proactive in passing these laws, 
actually were at a disadvantage over the last couple of months because we couldn't facilitate those. So this is correcting it. And this is basically going to be the case across the country because of course the NCAA did nothing after the Austin case because they were spooked to do anything uh, and be taken to court by student athletes. So I think it's a, it's a huge deal for Illinois just to have a level playing field. And I think it's a, a good thing for student athletes. I think they'll get more opportunities, especially maybe the, you know, I don't want to say second tier, but the non-Kofis of the world, uh, I think they'll get more opportunities because the school can help them set it up. Yeah, it's hard. If you look at Illinois specifically, it's hard to gauge like the reality of NIL when you have a, a Kofi type of earning power, because that's just a different level of, of ball game. So like when you say second tier, I, I, I know I knew exactly what you mean. And I it didn't mean it as a knock. You just meant in the that not Kofi Coburn's and there's only a handful of Kofi Coburn's. I would include Sky Clark in that, right? Like Sky Clark has amazing uh, NIL opportunity here. One, he's a great prospect. Two, he's playing for Illinois basketball. He's got what, how many Instagram followers? Is like a million or or something like that? Like Coleman Hawkins, obviously is going to be one of those guys. Maybe RJ Melendez can be one of those guys, but um, yeah, they're at a, they're at a different level than most college student athletes. Yeah, and I know a lot of the complaints that we heard uh, kind of around last year when it all came up was, and we should, let me just preface this by saying, obviously this matters in recruiting, period. Like, obviously this is this is important. Like, and that, so I don't want to act like I'm glossing over that. that that's a big deal. But the, the, some of the complaints we heard was, or were like, okay, we're supposed to be, coaches and educators and you're supposed to be at this institution where where you learn this this this, and this and now you have this big life-changing thing that sits in front of them and the the dia people at illinois people at schools had to say i good luck man i don't figure it out kid (laughs) yeah and and i know that's like to a lot of people who hear this is like okay like yeah i get it but obviously the attention is is the impact it's going to have but like that is something that i know was frustrating to people is is they wanted to be able to guide some of these kids through hey this is probably not the best long-term deal for you or maybe you don't want to be associated here hey you're probably not getting what you could get here and all you had to do was say hey just file it in open doors and good luck out there and that's that sucks with when you're trying to help these kids and I know that's, that's small carrots to the big impact of this thing, but I, I know that mattered to people. Yeah. This law also, it, it doesn't have any enforcement of this, but it encourages schools to provide financial literacy, brand management and uh, life skills programs for student athletes. So I know Illinois was, we're certainly doing that, but that that's in the language of the law. It also now defines a booster as a person or entity that is made within the past five years of financial contribution in an amount greater than $1,000 to an athletic department or booster organization of that athletics program. So um, NIL is interesting, man. I, I talked with Cam Cox today and we're going to do a, a podcast with Cam within the next month or so, just about where NIL is a year into it. Uh, but it certainly is, it's changed a lot and certainly is a huge conversation. I don't think Illinois football is that into the NIL thing just because, right. I mean, they don't have that star power. They aren't that program yet, but you see what USC is doing right now, like getting transfers there through millions of dollars uh, in NIL deals. Uh, it is changing the landscape of, of college sports uh, for sure. And, and the pay for play thing is the NCAA actually going to enforce this um, because it certainly seems like that that is becoming the case is, is that the worst thing in the world? No, but that's not what the NIL 
is supposed to be. It's supposed to be marketing opportunities, not a pay for play, but with the absence of any NCAA here, uh, because they are spooked by the Austin case of read Brett Kavanaugh's opinion of what he said about the NCAA model. And they are scared that the whole thing could go tumbling down if, if they kind of enforce anything, but now it seems like the NCAA is going to, going to try to enforce this, but uh, I'm skeptical. Yeah. Good luck. And it feels like we're always saying like, is the NCAA actually, and then fill in the blank with whatever you think would be logical on the other end. And, and the answer is generally no. And which all, I mean, that's again, you have all of these different States operating with different rules, different guidelines. Yeah. It's frustrating as, as hell. If you're trying to recruit a kid or you're trying to do this, you're trying to, you know, get for your guys in your program already. And another, and you can't do anything, but another school. And certainly a lot of these football players, a lot of basketball players have either grown up with each other, run into each other as camps, whatever the case may be. They're not oblivious to what's happening at other schools. They know kind of, obviously the internet's right there. Like you can follow if you, if you care, and then you, every everyone just operates differently. It's incredibly frustrating. It's it's not ideal. <laughs> it's really not. And I don't know that it's going to get ideal because the NCAA is terrified. Yeah. So Jordan Ad, Addison, I feel I feel great for that kid. Like you know Pittsburgh was a superstar there. Um, you know this past year, and he's going to get paid it's reportedly millions, right? In at USC, and reportedly turned down more money. I don't know if that that's true or not, but. Um, I feel good for him. Like he's, he's in the, he's in the market, right? Yes. This is more like pro athletics, but did you read the report of what the big 10 is going to make on its next deal? You're gonna make a billion dollars on this deal. And if they're going to add more college football playoff games, because it makes them more money, man, guys like Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, whoever it is, Quinn yours. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't fault those guys for making money. Stinks for Pitt, really stinks for Pitt. And maybe that can happen to Illinois at some point. Um, but man, I can't, I can't fault these kids, um, for, for making money because for a lot of them, this could be life-changing money and they're worth it, right? Like we're finding that out, Joey, these, these guys are worth a lot of money. Yeah. I would hate to sound like either one of us think that like we think NIL on the whole is a bad deal, uh, because I'm with you get, get your money, man. Get some money because it's just gotta be a level playing field. That's all. Right. right. Yeah. NIL on the holes. I mean, I, I'm all, I think a lot of people are, are all for, but it's just, it's not regulated very well by the NCAA. And I think that's where, you know, if you, if you're trying to look at this, like maybe that's where the frustration would land, but get the money in the pockets, man. Heck yeah. Right. I, there's no reason I had a job in college. What were you worth, Joey? Were you worth 2 million? Like you? No, no, I wasn't worth a lot, um, but I had a job and it paid for at seven fifty an hour. What was it? I don't know. I was, I may have been in double, like yeah. 10 or 11, maybe. Man, uh, is that, is that the grocery store? Cause I was it making, was. I was making nine fifty an hour at the Paxton record back in the day. Well, you should have gone to the grocery store, Jeremy, because there's money in the grocery stores. Journalism pays. That's why we do this thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Last one we got to get to. Uh, and this is a big one because man, the last couple of years, Joey explained blue shirts explaining scholarship limits it's a really really painstaking job but it's been even more of a painstaking job to obviously do the math to for illinois to to get to 85 scholarships because previously before the pandemic 
you were limited to 25 scholarships per class. This was basically to keep some of these SEC programs from signing 35 guys, right? Houston Nut. Uh, Houston Nut back in I, Arkansas, was it? I, f- I forgot where it was, uh, but signed like 37 guys in, in one class. Um, so the NCAA put in this 25, and 25 times four is 100, right? So you should have enough for an 85-man roster. Well, that's before the transfer portal. That's before the one-time transfer rule. And that's before the pandemic gave uh, the NCAA gave everybody an extra year of eligibility through the pandemic. So all of a sudden we have this bottleneck and all of a sudden Illinois can't get to 85 scholarship players because they can't add enough players to make up for the players who have left the program. Um, So now the NCAA for at least two years, I think they're going to adapt this long-term because it just makes sense. They just scrapped the the scholarship limit. Uh, So not just 25 per class, you can sign as many as you want, as long as you stay under 85 scholarships for the season. Joey, this is just common sense at this point. I think the upside is, you know, teams can have 85 scholarships. Everybody's on a level playing field, right? The downside is, yeah, you could have somebody sign 40 guys. You, You could have more coaches pushing players out because they can sign as many as they want. Um, so that wouldn't be a good thing, but I think overall, this is probably a positive for everybody involved, whether it's, you know, college programs, players, uh, and high school prospects. I think high school prospects can benefit from this because there'll be more scholarships to be had. And maybe people go and give them to more high school players. Yeah. One, I don't see there's any way in two years, the NCAA goes back. I, I just don't, it's so hard for me to imagine. This is like the one thing they did right. It's so hard for me to imagine they reverse course. Is it going to be a full 85? Maybe you bump that number up to like a 35 or a 40, whatever the case may be. I also need to look, Jeremy. I don't know if you can, you know, let's say you have, can you go over that 85 point at any point? Like, I, I don't know that you can, in terms of signed letters of intent, which would obviously, I think that was the difference is as long as by kickoff, week one you're at 85 or you know whatever the the date and place was i don't know that you can go over 85 which would probably alleviate some of those concerns but yeah this obviously opens the door for runoff like if you want let's start with the negative of you know yeah there's going to be some people who abuse this and that that is what it is but you're also going to see you know maybe those kids find a place where they're not counted like 25 was valuable dude that was such a valuable freaking number year over year and you had to make sure you were getting full value out of that and if you were a junior or senior who got who's a runoff from somewhere you don't have a lot as much value as a freshman with five years on the clock and four to play you just don't so i mean i think that would be you know the way to alleviate that a little bit but this makes it makes a ton of sense jeremy like i don't brett bielmo is beating this drum really like he walked in the door at Illinois and I remember thinking I don't know if that's going to happen because it makes too much sense to happen as we just said if things make too much sense they don't happen but it's you you were seeing high school kids who probably were power five or FBS talent not getting those opportunities because 25 was full and and you'd have kids sit in the portal forever because 25 was full mm-hmm. and th- that's not fair really it, it, it's just not and i i do question i, I would love for brett bielman one day to show us some math about his 85 this year because i have i've got some questions about that but yeah man now people have asked and i think it's worth talking about walk-ons like everyone loves the walk-on story i don't think that's going away completely 
Otherwise, you're going to be really hard pressed to build a walk on program anywhere with any substance. Right? I mean, you would think there's always going to be a one or two or three guys who are going to find their way to a scholarship from a walk on, especially when you want to zoom in on Illinois. That's kind of the whole coach's deal, right? Like that's how he, how he ended up here. Yeah, you're still going to see walk-ons get scholarships. Like, like a guy, if I, if Isaac D'Arcangelo turns into a starter, that guy's going to be on scholarship, right? Like Tip, Tip Ryman. Ryman. Yeah, <laughs> Tip Ryman is on scholarship. Like he is a, he's, he's a scholarship player. He's earned that as one of the important players on the offense. I don't think you're going to see Illinois give four or five scholarships to walk-ons and one, right. one video, right? Because they did that because they couldn't get to 85. So they just gave walk-on scholarships as a reward uh, for a semester or whatever it was. Um, the other thing is sayonara blue shirts. Uh, this is a, something I feel like I've had to explain. Understandably so. It's really confusing. It's a loophole in the rule. But for years, Illinois has given blue shirts to players. Brandon Peters, Chase Brown, Jack Badovinak. You got Navion Cargill coming in, Xavier Scott. Um, it's a real benefit to those guys who were supposed to be blue shirts now, instead of having to pay their own way for summer school, which for a lot of these guys, they had to take loans out for that. Illinois can now pay. They can now pay those guys to come here. There's no, nothing keeping them outside of being enrolled uh, from, from doing team activities, working out with the team, but Illinois couldn't announce them and they couldn't have their school paid for by Illinois until after the first practice. So, those guys can get here. And for Illinois' perspective, I use this story. They wanted to get Noah Matthews, defensive yeah. end out of uh, Delaware, but they had to they had to blue shirt him because they had to save a couple spots for transfers to get in here. And Kentucky swooped in, offered him, got him on an official visit. Illinois couldn't get him on an official visit because they didn't have the scholarship space. Kentucky gets him to commit and sign. Like so now that won't be there. Um, that's maybe a positive for Illinois, but just for a positive for everybody that you know, maybe now more of those high school guys can, can get some opportunities. So uh, all those years of talking about blue shirts, maybe it's just a two-year thing, but I, I agree with you, Joey. I think there's going to be a rule for the long term, and it makes all the sense in the world. Can we talk about how stupid it is that teams were dancing around these blue shirts for all these years, and the NCAA was finally like, held on a minute, something, they're skirting these rules. We better take advantage. We better find a fix to this. It took all this time, when in reality, like this – Blue shirting didn't just come up via the portal. Like I remember when I first started on the beat was AJ Bush's first year. He was a blue shirt. And he was committed for how long? And Illinois couldn't couldn't give us AJ Bush or talk about AJ Bush until after the first practice because basically they count for a scholarship. You're mortgaging scholarships, blah, 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 blah. And it was just dumb. It's like, why is why is this rule? It's like, why can't Brad Underwood talk about Ty Rogers the day he commits? Right. It's like, why can't we just I, do that? I buy that a little bit more. Otherwise, we're gonna for our sake. If you have to talk about every commit and every media availability, we're going to sit there and listen to every coach pl- applaud every four-yard rushing performance in the high school game or whatever the case may be. I don't want to hear that. I don't have time for that. But the blue shirt is like, oh, it was A.J. Bush. You said, nice to meet you. Welcome to Illinois. That's not how this goes. It's stupid. And he could take unofficial visits every day, which was just him going to Rob Smith's office and learning the freaking offense. <laughs> Like, it was the dumbest thing in the world. And now the NCAA is like, yeah, I'll tell you what, that's probably why I got to fix this. Stupid. It was dumb. The transfer portal didn't, it probably accelerated the need for it, but it didn't create the need for it. The fix has been needed for a while. Yeah, it took a while. Well, man, I thought it was a slow week. We had a lot to talk about there. A lot to break down, Joey. Yeah, Disney scouting report. Okay, I, I've never been. Give me yeah. your top two, have to do it. Don't say the castle. Obviously, the freaking castle's up there. I also don't like rides. 
So, oh, so you're an Epcot guy. That that's where I would go back uh, because I like eating food, drinking beer, and there's a lot of food and drinking beer, and you, you can basically see the world, Joey. You can walk around the world at Epcot, and uh, fantastic. I would go back there. Like if my wife and I decide to go back there, she wants to go to Universal. We, we didn't get a chance to go there uh, and go see Harry Potter World. I've never seen the Harry Potters, so I'm not that interested in it. But it looks cool. So I'm going to take her there someday. And I think we'd go back to Epcot for like a long weekend just so we can drink and eat a lot of food. It's like, it's like going to a ball game without, you know, actual baseball being played, just watching people. You have me at food and beer. I don't need, I don't need anything else. I don't, I don't like rides. I, just, I don't find them fun, but yeah. Okay. Epcot is that's, that's all I need to know. Epcot's number, number one for non-ride loving yeah, because I, if you're not going to ride any rides, Joey, then I don't see why you go there. Like, I, I, I'll do roller coasters. They're fun. That's why I've never gone. Yeah, but they're just not my thing. So, yeah, I, I think just Epcot. Epcot's your kind of Disney, and there's nothing wrong with that because that would probably be my number one as an adult in my life. Okay, Alina Inquirer trip to Epcot. I'm hearing it here. We'll <laughs> podcast from before. We'll have to do it before because after probably isn't it. Well, it could okay. be really interesting. Uh, there's this thing called drinking around the world at Epcot, which oh, uh, a dream. I don't know exactly what that is, but I think there's like 10 or 12 different countries and uh, you get a drink from every place, uh, which could be a heck of a day. Let me know when the flight leaves. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for Joey Wagner, for Jeremy Warner. Thank you guys for listening to the Alana Enquirer podcast. Check Alana Enquirer for all the latest. We'll have a bunch on recruiting coming up a big month for Illinois football. Of course, any of the latest on Illinois basketball uh, and uh, some of these rule changes, we'll have uh, some insight from people at Illinois about how it'll impact them as well. So thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Everybody take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast.